Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So amazing, amazing, amazing. Uh, we're going to get to a bunch of stuff. We This is obviously the the episode featuring our interview with Matt Walsh, which Allison and I just got done a bit ago. And we're going to talk about that. But I also do want to talk about how this morning we found out from the Washington Post, uh, from the section of the Washington Post that's for local news in Washington, local news. So like teenagers drinking in the woods, uh, exactly. that kind of thing. Exactly. Um, about um, that somebody had gone to Brett Kavanaugh's house to try to, uh, or was planning on killing Brett Kavanaugh, and he had weapons, etc. So now we're just looking back and going by the rules that the left has established and looking back at what might have led to this. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. Attention to this. This has just happened. Law enforcement sources are confirming to Fox that an armed man was arrested near the Maryland home of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. That happened early this morning. These are just the reports that we're getting in. And, Sean, we know that the justices, one, there were protests outside of their homes. Uh, we know that they were, those were encouraged. And, of course, nobody was encouraging violence. Um, yes, yeah, sorry, Dana. Washington Post is now reporting a bit more Uh, When he was in custody, he shared with police his desire to kill Kavanaugh. This is according to the Post now. Uh, The individual I mentioned described, mid-20s, a man, found to be carrying at least one weapon and burglary tools. So that's right. The man was uh, carrying a gun, knife, and pepper spray when he was arrested. And, uh, And even though, and of course this is, the left is hating this because tonight's the beginning of their miniseries, the January 6th Capitol miniseries, which shows the exclusive right-wing video, I mean, a hatred that's um, that's going after our political institutions. And so for this to happen, this is very 
inconvenient. They don't like talking about this. So this was CNN earlier today. This is their analyst trying to do named Whitney Wilde, who I love, obviously, who was um, trying to explain away what had happened. Uh, very little detail at this point, Kate, other than to say uh, it's an, uh, this man is, uh, he's an adult man from California. We don't yet know what the nature of the threat was. We don't know what language the threat was uh, or what kind of weapon this man might have had, uh, if he had one at all, uh, because the information at this point uh, is just so thin. But Kate, this, this, certainly contributes to this overall threat landscape oh, the, we've been the talking overall about. Threat. The major concern mm-hmm. here with this abortion ruling from federal officials, and they've been sounding the alarm, alarm on this for about a month, is that Supreme Court justices will certainly be, uh, you know, potentially targeted by violent extremists who are angered over this pending ruling that is poised to strike down Roe v. Wade. This is an extremely passionate issue. There are emotions on both sides. Federal officials have made clear over... Yes, the right-wing pro-life terrorists are going to kill Kavanaugh for striking down yes, Roe v. Wade. That's the overall threat. Yes. And this is just a tiny extra thing that happened that might like add to that threat a little bit, but the overall threat is still right-wing violence. Don't lose sight. By the way, seeing on Whitney Wilde, uh, very attractive, but uh, who else is very attractive is Alice Shattuck. My goodness. See you dolled <laughs> up, very leggy right now in a cocktail dress. I'm going to a gala. Going to a gala. Jeez, um, you must have lost the plus one huh <laughs> interesting you can see pictures of alice some good shots i got of her on the burn barrel podcast twitter feed as a matter of fact over they believe the risk truly comes from both sides of this abortion debate uh, so certainly this case uh, you know really solidifying what federal officials have been warning about people are angry they might seek to use the abortion ruling as a justification to cause violence and that puts these supreme court justices <sighs> their staffs and other members uh, of this the judiciary especially the supreme court at risk back to you. Now, isn't it funny how she takes the thirty thousand foot view when the myopic view is inconvenient the granular view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, we can't concentrate on the guy who's actually trying to kill the conservative justice because a bunch of left wing people on Twitter have literally been calling for killing Supreme Court justices because it would save so many women's lives. Like there was Mr. Trolley problem saying that on Twitter the day the draft was leaked, which, by the way, isn't this exactly what they impeached Trump for? Speaking of the special, uh, I assume, soon to be Emmy Award winning mm-hmm. January 6th coverage that's going to be coming to a TV near you tonight. Uh, isn't this exactly what the impeachment was for? Was that Trump, by saying Mike Pence and the Senate ought to do the right thing and throw out these electoral votes, then some people uh, walked into the Capitol when they shouldn't have. That was... That he directly incited that by saying mm-hmm. that, like, Mike Pence, which he never, I don't think, actually called for violence. But, no. I mean, these people on the left actually did call for violence against Supreme Court justices. And they're not going to be implicated in any way whatsoever here. Right. No. And there, there are people outside of the justices' houses every night now raising hell out in the streets. Right. Absolutely- and, of course, the group that... Uh, quote, Ruth sent us that group that uh, has been trying to like crash Catholic masses in mm-hmm. uh, in their little red outfits. And they uh, they're the ones who published the addresses of the Supreme Court justices on the Internet and everything. They're like, we absolutely don't call for violence. And then they said when Washington Post was first reported, like arrested with a weapon, they were like, you know, it's not a gun or they would have said so. Well, it turns out subsequently he was arrested with a gun and a knife and pepper spray. 
Okay, so he definitely um, had all of the above. And the fact that they can't, like, come out and admit that they had anything to do with this and, you know, even to say, like, this wasn't our intention. We absolutely don't want you to go try and kill Supreme Court justices. Like, they do actually want you to uh, kill Supreme Court justices. And the problem is, you know, like, what... Talk about causing a constitutional crisis. What's going to happen if somebody... I mean, God forbid, actually does kill a Supreme Court justice. Like, does Biden get to now a point... Like, whoo, that's not going to go over too well. What's the Senate going to do about that? Do you think that he would nominate somebody who was a facsimile of Kavanaugh? Uh, No, I don't think he would. And they would say, it's the same as what Mitch McConnell did to Merrick Garland. Yeah, I mean, if, if they were to do that, if like some kind of liberal activist killed a right-wing Supreme Court justice over this stupid nonsense that the left can't handle mm-hmm. the fact that they have to pass laws to get their policy preferences to happen um then and then they appointed a left-wing judge to mm-hmm. replace that person i think that that would be like more likely to cause a civil war than anything in our lifetime yes yes i would say so um yes and you'd have including people- january 6th by the way of course. It was January 6th. <laughs> some people lost a presidential election and then they it, ran around in Congress and wreaked some havoc. Right. Exactly. There was never any risk, actually, from that, that Trump was going to be me. I know some people, on, there are people on both sides who like to think there was mm-hmm. in some way for a crowd getting into the Capitol to somehow make Trump be president. But that's like not the way that that worked. There are people who who a year before this would have delighted in the actual hanging of Mike Pence, (laughs) who have now said they were screaming, hang Mike Pence, the sitting vice president of the United States. Good, sir. Have you the decency, country over party? I don't think it's going to happen, but if perchance Mike Pence happens to be the nominee for the Republican ticket for uh, for president in 2024 uh do you think that he's going to get a lot of points for them for his heroism and cool-headedness on january 6th oh, of course absolutely they're <laughs> level-headed clear thinking absolutely a couple other things i wanted to just get to did you see i mean i know you saw it. like i wonder if there's any chance any the possibility of by the way the chest bodine thing is worth noting as well is that yes. it is recalled in california in san francisco but also this and i like jonah goldberg you and i are goldberg fans and you more than me probably. okay i like him i mean i, 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 like I don't him. have I like his big... podcast i think he's funny i think he's fairly plain. i don't like hate him like some people right. do but i you but listen went, to him all the time he went to anti-trump he didn't have trump derangement syndrome but he he, went, he finds trump gross and he was not trump guy that's fine. I'm I'm able to whatever. I'm able to live with it because I like Jonah's uh, his thinking. I think he's got a, a an encyclopedic knowledge of conservatism and some a lot of other stuff, and it's very interesting. So now Jonah doesn't have his gig with Fox anymore. He's instead got a gig with CNN. Mm-hmm. So he's thrown into CNN with uh, the Kate, good conservative, the girl, the good looking woman who's named Kate, who's running the thing, and then Anna Navarro, who's also supposedly a conservative. And then another woman. And listen to what happens. Have you heard this? Did you watch this? Yes. Okay. 
Listen, this is Jonah Goldberg trying to tell him because they're all saying the kids are all going to be shot in schools now. The kids are all going to be shot in schools. And Jonah's saying, you got to calm down and not alarm everybody over this stuff. You need to calm down about this stuff. Listen to what poor Jonah is relegated to to dealing with now uh, day to day. Um, We should at least put some of this in perspective. There are about 54 million kids in America who go to K through 12 in America. In the last 29 years, um, 170 kids have been killed in school shootings. That's, how many? How uh, many? How does that compare to like if my kid goes to school in, in Great Britain or Canada? I mean, you see no, some no, parents no, I feel like, like should one, we leave? One you know? school shooting. Well, no, no, no. Hold on. First of all, shouldn't you just be? Uh, how does it get? I mean, how's the difference if my kid goes to school in Great Britain or Canada? Shouldn't you be more concerned about the your kid here, whether he's dead or alive? Wait, my son died. Oh, my God, no. Twice as many die in Canada. Oh, thank God. Thank you. It's not so bad then. But that's beside the point, because really this is about all emotion. Goldberg trying to have an analytical discussion. And these ladies, especially Anna Navarro, who's a moron, obviously, going all um, uh, hysterical. That's too many. For me, my approach is the exact same way it was about uh, about terrorism. The number of people killed on 9-11 was not, you know, you could say, well, more people die in car accidents every year. I don't care. It's unacceptable. The moral outrage is entirely valid and justified. But if we're going to be telling people you can't switch lanes, you're absolutely right to be outraged about the crime. But if we're going to tell people they should be terrified about their kids being dropped off at school, we should remind them that their kids are more in danger on the drive to school, statistically, than they are at the school. We we can't do this. No, but we we can't. can't A child's life cannot be a statistic, right? You can't tell (laughs) the parents of Joaquin Oliver of Parkland. You can't tell Fred Gutenberg. Yeah, but that's you moral can't bullying. Tell my I'm making a basic point to say that you shouldn't tell people that they should be terrified. If it were your child, it was not gonna. It would not be a statistic. It would be a tragedy that you would never, that. ever. That's moral bullying. Why, that's, is, that's it more, why is, is it moral? Why is it moral bullying? Well, making well, it I'm sound asking. as if I don't have compassion for these no, people. Of course, you do. No, it's a statistic I'm, and probabilities no. that we should. I'm saying you shouldn't tell American. You shouldn't tell the audience that this is the thing that they should be so terrified with, paralyzed with fear about their own kids when their kids are more likely yeah. to die from a lot of other things. This is Jonah Goldberg forced to have a debate with 10th grade humani- humanities uh, students. Well, exactly. And, and I mean, we've obviously seen the same problem all throughout COVID where parents are terrified for their kids for something that's like so statistically unlikely. Mm-hmm. And yes, of course, it's terrible if it's your kid. Like, can we just just acknowledge that get that part out of the way nobody likes when kids die in school shootings i'm not saying but, it's fine it's just but like, also when is panicking the thing that's laudatory you don't it, why is it good jonah lose your mind like we are okay be overly emotional like we are stop thinking in numbers and facts and figures and careful in, in analysis jonah you're not playing with the, we're all overly emotional and you should be too. And that's why we're mad at you because you're not. What freaking world is this? Seriously. These are the girls at Camp Kirkland when I was in sixth grade who called me MSP. It is. This is what we've got. Uh. Pick up the phone and call their senators that's and fun. telling them that Hold it's on. been 10 years in Sandy Hook and that we haven't done anything is a national shame. So paralyzed with fear and paralyzed with acceptance and resignation is what we've been for the last 10 years. And it's enough of that. Can no more paralysis. Yeah, Get your ass.
this in gear and call your senators. The that's point. fine. I'm doing analysis. I am not doing activism. Look, and if you want to tell everyone to call their senators, that's fine. That's I have not my job. Cousin. The point who got killed. Wait a second. Okay, that's hold more on. bullying. Wait a second. No, hold on. Hold on. She has a cousin who got killed, so she doesn't have to have an argument in debate based on facts and exchanging ideas and whatever. She doesn't have to. That's it. Well, and he raises a good point, too, because it's like, okay, Anna, then if you want to do a thing where you start a, an activist group where you tell people to call their senators to do something about Parkland, but then we're not having a news show, then you're just telling people yeah. what you want them to do, which is well, not the same Well, she's trying thing. to speak in viral bombast, and he's a kind of trained intellectual. So he's right. used to a, lot, a higher discord, which is which in good, a good faith discord. She's not capable of that, one. Two, she's not interested in that. <laughs> it's so unfortunate because you listen to these shows. And I mean, I think there are some shows on the left, too, where it's like just left wing people. So they don't feel the need to be hugely on attack where they'll like talk about things on an intellectual level. I mean, I don't really listen to those, but I'm sure it exists. You know, where, where people mm -hmm. are having sane conversations about things on the left. Um, but yeah, but the like, how can he be in the same room as that? It's just pathetic. It's it's unfortunate that there aren't people on the on the left who are willing to talk to people on the right in a in a normal, calm way. Um, you know, which is it kind of goes back to what we talked to Matt Walsh about where we're you know conservatives a lot of times are interested and eager mm -hmm. to talk about these things and the people on the left are uh saying no this conversation's over this interview's done and like getting up and walking out because it's not going <laughs> the way they want it to. well let's go to that now then this is us with matt walsh we're talking about gender and, and sex and there's a lot of controversies there if we're talking about a trans woman has all of the male physical characteristics so would that not be a male then Could, couldn't we plainly say this person is a male well, well i guess it's, it's like wh why are you asking the question i think i i, I want to understand sort of why that's so important so if someone tells Just you to, to sort of understand reality there you go that is matt walsh uh, during the incredible documentary what is a woman which I guess could also be called "Why Are You Asking That Question?" This is a, this documentary is fantastic. Go to dailywire.com. You can get it there. Just sign up for for um, a membership to the Daily Wire, and you can watch the documentary right there. Matt Walsh, I have brought in my wife Alice Shattuck, who is a woman, so she thought that she should be inserted into this conversation as well. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, yes, uh, great, great, great to be here, and uh, you know, always happy to talk to women who, who know, you know, what that word even means. That's that's always refreshing. So there's so much to talk about. This this documentary, congratulations, man! This documentary is awesome. It is so good. It is now number one on most popular movies at home on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and so let me just ask you, Matt, why? Why do people want to know why you want to know what a woman is? What's the problem with that question? Uh, I think that's one of the many ways of evading the question. You know, why do you care? Why do you want to know? Uh, and the, the, great, the, the great thing about it that reveals is that if, if you had an answer to the question, you, we could end the conversation if you're uncomfortable mm. with it by just all you do is answer it. So you're, you're putting a lot more effort into avoiding the question 
when you could just, you would think, answer the question, but they can't answer it. And that's sort of the point of the film is that they know they can't right. answer it because their ideology has backed them into this corner where they can't give a straight answer to that question without, um, you know, destroying the entire sort of edifice of gender ideology in the process. But do they know the answer to the question really? Or do they, do some of them not know the answer to the question? Are these true believers or are these people trying to manipulate through gender ideology? That's a really good question. I, I don't know exactly. I think that, uh, you know, we talked to lots of normal people on the street walking around, and we found a lot of apparent confusion there also. I think that most of them do know the answers to the questions, but they're afraid to say it, especially on camera, for fear of, you know, losing their jobs, because that's the situation we're in in society. But for the people in these institutions, um, I think that at some level they know that it's a house of cards. Like, they know that this ideology is hollow at its core, that's why they're being evasive. And that's also why they get angry and defensive. It's why there's like a certain amount of fear that they have in the question, because they know that there's, there's a kind of a secret hmm. that, uh, that they're defending. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think that they, at some level, they must know. So we're talking about Matt Walsh. The documentary is What is a Woman, which is both hilarious and then gets tragic at, at parts as well. But it is so compelling. And my wife and I both watch this. Um, it, one one uh, last thing. Did you ever run into anybody, and it's not in the documentary, who just said, hey, Matt, we know this is, this is craziness, but we feel sorry for these people. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So we're just trying to make play make-believe for them. Can you just work with us? Did anybody say anything like that to you? Uh, not in those words exactly, but I think people were kind of, uh, beating around the bush on, on that. I, I think there are people who basically said that because they would say that, uh, yeah, I think we have a couple of answers like that kind of in the film. Well, I don't really care. It's whatever, whatever works for you, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's their way of, of saying, now it's possible they're actually confused themselves, but I think it's their way of, of saying that, well, yeah, I just want to be, I want to be polite. And I, I, we definitely heard that as well a lot, that people just want to be polite. That like the pronoun stuff, people feel like, uh, it would be rude you know, if they were to use a, a pronoun that's not "quote unquote" preferred, so I do think that that factors into this. Yeah, Matt, it's really a, a pleasure to be talking to you. And I was um, 
you know, watching the documentary, one of the things that stuck out to me was how many people like threatened to leave interviews or um, told you that the interview was over or, you, you know, they didn't seem comfortable really fully expressing their beliefs out loud to an audience. And I always think it's such a funny contrast that, you know, conservative speakers want to come and um, and and speak at places and liberals don't want them to. And conservatives always seem eager to speak to liberals and hear what they think and hear them explain their beliefs. And and yet liberals don't seem to actually want to do that when push comes to shove. Why do you think that is? Like, if they really believe it, why aren't they excited that you're in there asking questions and excited to explain it to you? Yeah, you would think, and especially because I'm, I'm asking what would seem to be the easiest questions in the world. And uh, you'd think that uh, you'd be eager to explain it and, and open up about it, but they're not. I think that's because, uh, for one thing, there's a certain amount of – they almost take offense at the idea that that they should have to explain anything. You know, what they're used to in the bubbles that they live in, especially if they're in academia and, you know, these kind of circles, uh, what they expect and what they are used to is that they just make proclamations, they make assertions, and then whoever they're talking to nods with their head and agrees. That's the way that's supposed to work. So they almost are offended at the very notion that anyone would ask a question to begin with. And then, but also it goes back to the problem that, that, uh, what it is that they're defending is so hollow at its core that they really can't they, they see every question as a kind of trap door that might destroy them and they have to keep evading it uh that's why i got accused i've I been accused of critics of the movie have accused me of asking a bunch of gotcha questions hmm. well no these are easy questions it's all, if it's a gotcha question that only reveals something about the other side you know uh but what you also said about how the with conservatives are, are eager to speak and there's this contrast we, I experienced that filming it as well, that, uh, you know, for the advocates of this ideology, they were all evasive and defensive and didn't want to talk. And then when you talk to the, the opponents on the other side, and not all of them, by the way, identify as politically conservative, but uh, on the opponents on the other side, it was a stark contrast where they were very open, honest, they wanted to talk about it, they wanted to share their thoughts, not afraid of any question at all, nothing was off limits. Um, so, yeah, there is that uh, contrast, very interesting. Right. It really, to me, it bears a lot of similarities to like a, a religious belief. Truly, it's a metaphysical belief system about what gender is and what people are. And I don't know, you wrote a really interesting piece years ago that stuck with me and stays in my head about, um, I think it was called like, you might not want to go to heaven. I think it's still available online somewhere about how we've sort of in our culture made um, you know, what we want to do, the highest moral good. And most of us envision heaven that way, a place where you can like eat all the ice cream <laughs> you want and date whoever you want. And you look exactly how you want and you are whoever you want. And, you know, I think part of the reason I go back to it is that this belief system is so centered on the highest moral good. The best thing in the world is what I want to do. I, I mean, do you see a connection there? Oh, absolutely. And I, I agree with you that it's, this is a religious, belief i mean it is uh it's a kind of cult-like religious faith-based it's really it's a spiritual belief i mean the, the very idea of uh you know i'm a woman trapped in a man's body kind of thing there, there's no way to understand that claim well you can't really understand it at all because it's nonsense but if you're going to even begin to understand it you have to understand what sort of claim it is what category does it belong to and it's a spiritual claim um so this is a religious uh viewpoint mm -hmm. And it, it's a religion of the self, you know, worship of the self, where everything is so turned inwards, and all you ever do is just look back into yourself, um, constantly thinking about yourself. But then at the same time, you, you, you have deprived yourself of any objective notion of 
the self. And so you're obsessed with yourself, but you're, but you almost don't exist anymore because all the lines have been blurred. So it becomes this very confusing, like spiral, you know, and, uh, and that's where we look at suicide rates going up. We look at how much despair and drug abuse and everything. I think a lot of that's connected to that. People are, they're focused on themselves very narcissistically, but at the same time, there's nothing there. So it's, so it's, it, it just doesn't, there's nothing fulfilling, you know, and it, and it breeds despair. We are talking to Matt Walsh. You can find him on Twitter at Matt Walsh Blog. Um, Twitter best-selling LGBT children's author Matt Walsh. Was that Timmy the Walrus? What was the Johnny? Johnny the Walrus. That's right. Johnny Walrus. Yeah. So where are we? You know, there are a bunch of these Zoom meetings that we found over Johnny the Walrus, and now over What Is a Woman, which is a new documentary. What Is a Woman dot com. You guys can go there. Who were talking about these Zoom emergency Zoom meetings called because the very uh, problematic Matt Walsh has put out a very dangerous, dangerous piece of content, and they're always telling each other in these Zoom meetings, um, guys, brace yourselves for this, brace yourselves, and then it shows you reading to kids or something like that. What happened to a segment of society where they're literally afraid and bracing themselves for just a book about a walrus or a documentary? you know, about an ideology. Why are they so physically afraid of you? I think because they've been told that the job of society is to affirm them, and affirm means to agree with everything that they believe, to uh, almost participate in their self-perception. They have ideas about the world and about themselves, and it's the entire world's job to constantly affirm that and to sort of cement that into being. And um, that's what they that's what they think. And then, and then the other side of that is that, well, if someone if someone does not affirm you by, God forbid, disagreeing with you or having a, an opposing viewpoint, then that's a threat to your very physical existence. I, I've heard this from the left about this film over and over again, mm. um, that they feel that it, it, the, the word genocidal has unironically been used to describe <laughs> this documentary. It's a, the documentary is committing genocide because it does not affirm. And if you don't affirm, then you're erasing people from existence. And what they mean by that, by the way, is, you know, erasing me. What they're talking about is that you have jeopardized their self-perception. Obviously, I'm not, I'm not physically hurting them at all. Right. It's just there, I might be, with some of these ideas, causing some problems for their self-perception. And uh, they don't see a distinction between their self-perception and themselves. And so if you interfere with their self-perception and make them question it, then you've killed them. Um, that's that is really that's the mentality of some people. That's how they look at it. <laughs> well, I mean, I've seen on Twitter, you know, hundreds, if not thousands, of people who don't seem to be concerned with Matt Walsh's sense of self perception, who are calling you an a hole and a Hitler and all this, et cetera. How come only some people need this special protection and others don't? Uh, yeah, that's that's one of the many self-contradictions and ironies here is uh, we're supposed to be so concerned about people's feelings and uh, affirming people, but that only applies to certain people. Uh, it's also true of this uh, idea that, we, you know, we all get our own truth. Uh, I have my truth. You have your truth. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's not true. There's only one truth. But even if it was, uh, they're not consistent about that, because what if I said, all right, well, um, we all have our own truth. So my truth is that only women can give birth and that men are men and women are women. That's my truth. So will you respect at least my truth over here in my little corner of the world? <laughs> and the answer is no, that you're not entitled to have that truth. That's not okay. There's only certain truths you're allowed to have. Uh, so there's always, there's always with the left, there's always these, these, these sorts of qualifiers. Isn't that interesting? No accommodation has to be made for you. 
every accommodation has to be made for them or else you're killing them, and so I get to throw stuff at you if you speak at a college. I mean, this has got to be mental health, Matt, is it not? I think that's uh, certainly part of it. I mean, I think there are a lot of people that that, – there's a lot of mental illness that's been, I think, categorized wrongly or Mm. uh, whatever else. But I also think that there's – you know, something even deeper than that. There's like a deep spiritual disrepair in our society. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we talked about before, I mean, people are in despair. They don't really, they don't really know why they exist, what, what life is for. Um, and they're just kind of wandering mm-hmm. around, latching on to anything they can find. And this is true of, uh, unfortunately, of kids too, who, um, you know, um, very susceptible to influences, maybe, maybe oftentimes raised in homes where they're not giving a, a firm moral foundation and then the culture comes along, and it has this gender ideology thing, and it says, "Here, here's a way of understanding the world. Here's how you can be happy." And they kind of glom onto it, um, but then they find out that uh, mm. no, they're they're not happy. They're, they feel even worse than they ever did. There is another part of the movie, uh, "What Is a Woman?" It is called. You guys can go to whatisawoman.com or the dailywire.com, dailywire.com. Um, here, where you speak to a gender-affirming therapist named um, Gert Comfrey, I just want to play a little a part of it. How do I know if, if I'm a woman? You know, I, I, That's a great I like, question. I like scented candles. And yeah. I've watched Sex and the City. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so how do I know? Yeah, Matt, that question right there, like that question is like when it's asked with a lot of curiosity, Right, that's the beginning of a lot of people's like gender identity development. So I, I had two takeaways. The instant takeaway was, well, she is, seems kind of charming and empathetic, and what a what a nice. I mean, she's not obviously, but 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 what a nice personality. But then I thought her job is to be a gender confirming uh, or affirming uh, psychologist, psychiatrist. So I can imagine her using that voice and that delivery with kids. And just leading them into the affirmation process. And it would seem loving and warm as a child. And so, I'm sorry, I was left very dis- disturbed by seeing in action how somebody might be brought down the path. Did, did you, was, was that an observation you made as well? Yeah, and she, and she was. She was quite friendly. She was very nice. Um, and uh, and I, I think authentically, like a nice person. Um, but that that doesn't change the fact that the ideas... Um, being proposed here are incredibly harmful and dangerous. I think that on the gender ideology side of it, there are some people who are uh, well-intentioned and deeply misguided. Uh, There's some people like that, and and the clip you just played is one example of that. I think that's actually kind of rare. Um, I think think that's few and far between. Most of the people that at least are are, uh, responsible for proposing and promoting these ideas are uh, are not well-intentioned at all, and they're not even really misguided, like they're doing exactly what they intend to do. Um, and that's why most of the people we talk to who are proponents of the ideology were just smarmy, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, like bitter, defensive, pompous, you know, that the whole, most people we talk to were in that vein. Uh, every once in a while you come across someone who's really nice, but what, what, no matter how, whatever their personality is, what matters is what's at the core of what they're, uh, you know, talking about and promoting. Right. And that was one of the things that, um, you know, kind of caught me off guard about this documentary, because certainly watching the trailers for it and many of the clips that have been shared on social media and everything, it's very funny. Um, it's, it's obviously funny that these people, when you challenge them, go to things like do chickens cry. I I mean, there's an absurdity to it, 
clearly. But um, but it really is. There's a darkness underlying so much of it that's really shocking. And I think when you talked about kind of Kinsey and money and how these gender ideologies developed and where they come from. And I mean, we say developed, but they're really not new. Either people, you know, had all kinds of... Um, <clears throat> you know, it depraved things that they took part in, like in the ancient world and ancient Rome, like Christianity has been the exception in like civilizing a lot of these things out of people in particular in regards to how we treat children and how we uh, expose or don't expose children to sexual content. Um, but, you know, w- was it hard to make some parts of this documentary, seeing how these people, uh, you know, are, are doing this to kids? Yeah, it, it was. There was there were definitely parts, and there's there's some parts of the movie that were, were even filming it. I had to, I had to stop myself from laughing just because it was so, so ridiculous. But then there were there were I think it was unfortunately much more often that uh, I got to stop myself from yelling and screaming at somebody or or you know just being visibly depressed by what they're saying. And oftentimes we would leave some of these conversations and just be, you know, the, the crew. Uh, we would kind of be sitting around almost like in stunned silence. Uh, because it's it's so dark what we've just been exposing ourselves to, um, and that's certainly the case with people, especially that prey upon children, and that's the that's the dark kind of underbelly we wanted to get to on the on the on a top layer, you know, of this issue. There's a lot of absurdity, and so you can kind of laugh at it because mm. the absurdity, the, the appropriate reaction many times is to laugh, but then you go a little bit deeper you go below that surface level and you find that there's something really sinister going on below the surface and it's it's hurting a lot of people especially children and that's when uh, it's not so funny anymore and now you have to engage on a, on a much more serious level uh, his name is matt walsh the the movie the documentary is what is a woman you can go to what is a matt very quickly before we let you go um one of the professors a professor who teaches kids for a living young people for, for a living you you supposed to him, well, what if I said I was a black man? And he said, well, are you? Is that not giving away the game that that this is a huge um, a huge project of make-believe? And also, does this not show that our institutions, colleges, and, and some of the medical fields are just broken beyond repair? Yeah, I think it shows both of those things. Uh, in terms of giving away the game... Yeah, they have to. They they can't immediately dismiss any assertion that somebody makes about themselves. They can't dismiss it out of hand because if they do that, then they're admitting that it's possible to make determinations about someone just through physical observation. And uh, they can't. They say they can't admit that. So he has to at least entertain the idea that maybe I'm a black man. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I replay some of these conversations in my head. I kind of wish I could go back. And when he asked if I if I am one, I, I kind of wish I just said, "Yeah, I am actually." <laughs> that but um as far as the institutions yeah i I think that especially academia the college university system is broken um i I would that's why i've been recommending for years i I wouldn't send your kids to college unless very rare exceptions i think your kid wants to be a doctor or something like that Mm -hmm. architect i mean there there might be occasions where there's a reason a real reason to go to academia but um outside of those exceptions i think that we need to start looking at other options you know um for education outside of that system. Well, this documentary is groundbreaking. This is really historic. Congratulations on your hard work. Guys, go to dailywire.com or go to whatisawoman.com and just sign up. It's a few bucks a month. It is well worth it. This thing was awesome. Matt Walsh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. I, um, 
I think it's fair to say that both of us were very excited to get to talk to Matt. I think that went really well. I'm not going to... Uh, yes, did I botch um, the name of the book, Timmy... Johnny the Walrus. Johnny the Walrus. Uh, yeah, but that was the last book. Who cares? But this is this thing, the, the What is a Woman is, a, is the new revolutionary platform, the, the new thing that's out there. And there's a book of that, too. But um, I thought that we gleaned some interesting thoughts and takes from him. Obviously, he is somebody who's been working in this for a while, and I found him to be a a great interview subject. And I'm I'm thankful. He was fantastic. Um, my conservative ladies group chat is swooning over his uh, very masculine voice. If I'm allowed to say that. Oh, interesting. So, do you, is he sexy? Do you consider him sexy? Um, I would say that my lady friends are very aware that he's a man. For example, yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Very interesting. Yes. I have a friend who goes to sleep to his the dulcet tones of his voice every night. Oh, yeah. No, so I had only really known him from the Daily Wire, I think, and I used to think that he was just humorless because he seems. I mean, you know that he's nonplussed through that whole movie. He's not emoting. There's mm-hmm. nothing. There ain't, there ain't, there's nothing. Zany. No, he's not like trying too hard at all uh, on no. any of that stuff. He's v- very cool and uh, chill about it. But yeah, I guess he has like a whole fan club of, um, I think younger conservative women, uh, and they call themselves the Sweet Baby Gang, and they like obsess over finding old pictures of him without a beard and stuff. And like, so how interesting! I wonder <laughs> what he looks like without a beard. You can Google it, I guess. Um, but yeah, I got. Some people did want me to ask him about what he looks like without a beard, but I, I left. He's that got on a the, ridiculous. I left that on the cutting room floor. How old is he? He's not forty, is he? He's. I would guess he's around my age. Yeah, I assume. I'm not sure. Well, my goodness, Alice. Maybe they live in Tennessee too. Maybe, All the cool people are moving to Tennessee. Maybe by the is way. it possible that's where you're going tonight? To uh, little dates. Oh, he's exactly. He's my age. Yeah, he's 35. Little date with M. Walsh. Is that why the cocktail dress? The, I don't have the a date fire with red Matt Walsh. Cocktail Stop. dress. Mm, challenge. Stop. I would say challenge. <laughs> I can't make it to Tennessee and back tonight in time for mm-hmm. bedtime, and I know that you won't put the kids to bed. So. Something's up. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, everybody. As always, hope you enjoyed the interview as much as we did and that you have a great night. You can uh, chat with us, as always, on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod. We are also at Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. BurnBarrelPodcast.com. You can find all the places to listen to the podcast. Leave us a voice message or email us at BurnBarrelPodcast at gmail.com. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. 
It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>